Welcome to a podcast by Kaylee, the gateway to unlocking your unlimited potential. I'm creating an army of six and seven figure makeup artists, and I want you to join me. In this podcast, I'm going to be crushing gatekeeping, opening the doors to the knowledge you need and deep diving into the topics that can push us to the next level. Be prepared for epic guests and answers to the questions you have always wanted to know. No more small business, no more just a makeup artist. The beauty industry is a $250 billion industry and you're in it. Let's get ready to open those gates. This is a podcast by Kaylee. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of a podcast by Kaylee. Now, I always begin, or I seem to have began every single podcast episode with an update on where I am, what I'm doing, and where my boyfriend is. So it is currently 6.45 on a Tuesday evening. I'm sitting here in a sheet mask, which I guarantee I'm going to take off in a minute because it's flapping all over the place as I talk. And my boyfriend is now at a work dinner again. Oh my God. Like he goes on so many work dinners. I wish I went on so many expense to work dinners, but there we go. So I thought we have a nice quiet flat. I mean, we'll see. We're going to do siren watch. (laughs) How many sirens can possibly interrupt this podcast on this episode? But yeah, I just thought it would be a great time to sit down and record another episode. So here we go. Again, it's going to be another solo episode, just me and you for this one. And today I actually thought I would come at you with some actionable tips. I think that is kind of what I do best. If you follow my Instagram, you know I'm always bringing the tips, the tricks, the education, the know-how, and this podcast is all about anti-gatekeeping. The gates are open, guys. I'm opening them. I am getting a sledgehammer and knocking them down. And I wanted to give... I don't know how many tips. I'm going to see how many kind of come to me, I guess. But I wanted to make my third episode more education-based rather than story-based. So enjoy, go and get a drink, go and get a cuppa. Um, if you're driving, because I know a lot of you were sending me little screenshots of the, the little, you know, cover art on in your cars, which was just like, again, another Oscar moment. Obviously don't drink if you're driving, unless, you know, you have a little cup holder. Anyway, strap in, we're going to be spilling the tea. So tip number one that I have for you guys is to stop referring to your businesses, your beautiful businesses, as a side hustle. If you call your business a side hustle, that is the energy that you are going to bring to the table. Like, I remember vividly, okay? I mean, I was young, but when I first started to tiptoe into actually wanting to be a makeup artist, I remember going to Mac with my best friend Rose. We were always there, if you didn't already gather that from the last episode. And I was actually buying a few of the first things for my kit. And I was also doing a bit of back to Mac as well. And I remember the lady behind the counter, she said, are you a makeup artist? Because I think the things that I was buying were quite makeup artisty products. And I sat there and I was like, and Rose like pushed me gently. And she was like, yes, you are. Yes, she is. I'm so thankful for friends like that, that like hype you and give you confidence and cheerlead you when you're not there yet to cheerlead yourself. And I spent many, many years, far too many years than I care to admit, to be honest, referring to it as like my side business or just not giving it the energy that it deserved. And whenever anybody refers to anything, any business that they're doing as a side hustle, that is all 
all it will ever be. If you are calling it that, you are devaluing your whole product, your whole profession to not only your subconscious, but to others. Like people don't want to book the side hustles. They want to book the banging business. So I really want us to stop with this kind of language that we use because it really does infiltrate our minds. And that goes for also saying things like just a makeup artist. As you know, my intro, one of my pet peeves is when including myself, says just a makeup artist. And this was something that I would catch myself saying when jobs would ask me or brides would ask me if I did hair. And I would say, oh, sorry, I'm just a makeup artist. And that is telling, not just them, but it's telling yourself and your brain and your subconscious. It's telling every cell in your body that you don't think you're as valuable because you don't do hair. So now I've completely reworded that that language that I use myself. And I say, I specialize in makeup, but I'm happy to refer you to a hair specialist or a hairstylist. And I will say this has just overall, it sounds silly, but it has overall given me so much more confidence. I really, my brain really, really knows that I'm the expert, that this is my job. I'm an expert in this speciality and I don't have to be the expert of manicures, hair, blow dries, all the other things that people kind of expect when they throw the makeup artist word around. So my first piece of advice, if you find yourself doing this, is to stop referring to it as a side hustle or just to make a artist or any language that devalues your business because what you do is amazing you don't have to do x y and z things that everybody expects of us you just have to do the one thing you're amazing at and do it well so that is my first piece of advice for you guys next tip is to not overspend on your kit. This is an advice I like to give guys because I know one of the most fun parts of our job is to buy makeup. It's why we do it. It's what got me into makeup, like spending all my student loan at Mac, like it's a dopamine hit. But let me tell you, when I, in my mentorship, in my 12 week mentorship that I run, I, I do money week in week two, one of the earliest weeks and notoriously one of the least favorite weeks for my students because money is quite a difficult topic to talk about, which is one mindset we are definitely changing on this wonderful journey on this podcast. And often we dissect kind of our finances. Are we profitable is the main thing. I really, really want every single student of mine to be profitable because if you're profitable, you are, I mean, I hate the term, if you're not in a profit, it's just an expensive hobby. Like I really, really don't like that because I think that honestly, nobody tells you how to be profitable. I wasn't profitable for so many years, to be honest. And I think when you go into business, you go into business because you love whatever it is that you're in business for. You love photography, you love makeup, you love nails, but you don't necessarily love business. You know, you have to learn that as you go. It's very, very rare that we all went and got business degree. You know, we just started a business because we felt aligned and pulled to do that. So we have to learn these things along the way. So I really don't like that quote because I think it does spread a bit of negativity because not all of us, especially women, are taught how to be profitable when we first start a business. It takes a few years. 
But one of the things that I do see a lot of is overspending on the kit because it's exciting and because we love makeup. But when I look into my students' finances or when they break it down with me, the kit's expense very, very often overtakes how much money they are making in their business. And that means they're not in a profit. And we want to be in a profit, guys, right? We want to go on the holidays. We want to treat our families to amazing things. We want to live great lives. We want to invest more in ourselves and in our business. We want to eat good things. We want to donate to amazing charities. And that's what happens when you're in a profit. So I encourage you after this podcast, if you don't know already, if you're in a profit, to go away and do a little bit of finance work and just really assess whether you are in a profit and look at that kit cost because I I guarantee it's higher than we think. And even though it is exciting and it's fun and new makeup is, you know, is kind of key to what we do sometimes, I guarantee you don't need it. You don't need the latest Mario palette. You don't need the latest... Vive lip glosses. I don't know. I have maintained a very, very, very low cost business for many years by just using what I have until they expire. You know, I'm very lucky in that if I do talents, sometimes I get sent things. And if you do a talent, you should most definitely contact those PR companies and see if you can get anything to use on that talent. So overall, I do try to keep things really, really simple. I don't get shiny object syndrome. Obviously, I saw the Charlotte Tilbury matte blushes come out. Of course I wanted them, but I try and tell myself I will use up one of those powder blushes, which bloody never get used up before I obviously purchase something new. And it's not fun and it's not exciting, but a real life example is somebody was overspending on their kit by hundreds a month. And we totaled it all up together, me and the student, and we saw that if she had just trimmed back, you know, a third of what she was spending, she could have gone on a holiday. What would you rather have? Palettes that are going to sit there getting dusty or going on a holiday with your significant other or investing into your business in other ways or, you know, doing something amazing for your local community. That is kind of a big bit of advice that I want to give out on the podcast today is it does eat into your profit, even if it's tax deductible, because if you keep those expenses down, then you're earning more money. Simple as that is the long and the short of it. Okay, there is a gem. Here is a gem for you guys. Create the work that you want to book. This was absolutely groundbreaking for me. I probably will do a podcast episode on my portfolio in the future, but as a kind of short version, I know when we first qualify, when we first start out as makeup artists, we do every test shoot. I remember my very first test shoot when I came to London was a photography workshop. You know, very, very cute, but totally not what I wanted to book. And it was a nudie shoot. So obviously I have nothing against nudie shoots. I'm all about female empowerment, but it was not something that I kind of needed in my portfolio for the jobs that I wanted to book, you know. And we did this gigantic, like, glitter explosion on her face. And she looked great. And I did get a couple of macro shots out of it, which I used in my portfolio at the time. But generally, I... I did that for quite a while. I said yes to these random test shoots because some makeup artist in the 80s told us that the way that he achieved, you know, stardom and success was he said yes to everything. And I think everybody's heard that advice, right? Say yes to everything. But I don't think that works in this climate. I don't think in 2023, we should be saying yes to everything. We should be very careful to what we say yes to and assess whether it's going to get us to where we want to be. 
So I did this this routine for many, many years, to be honest. And I finally sat down with myself and I went, right, what is going to get me booked? And I started to create that that imagery and I tested with that purpose in mind. I tested the looks and the makeup that would get me booked. And that sounds so simple, right? But ultimately my my dreams and the makeup that I love doing to this day is beauty. I just love like that glowy skin. It's selfish, isn't it really? Because as a makeup artist, that's the spotlight on the makeup. So I just love beauty. Beauty editorials are my jam. That's literally quoted on my website. And I thought, well, I I have no beauty in my portfolio. So of course, Charlotte Tilbury or Fenty or Rare Beauty, I mean, they weren't out at the time, but you know, these brands aren't going to book me because I I can't demonstrate that I can do it. So I spent a whole year and I would recommend this to everyone. I'd spent a whole year testing beauty, networking with photographers and trying out lots of different beauty things. And honestly, a lot of the beauty stuff that I initially tested was like quite art student-y. I think we all have to go through that rite of passage of beauty photography. And then you kind of hone in on what your speciality is. And I started to realize I'm actually really bloody good at winged liner. I have a funny story about that. I used to be terrible at it. But anyway, that is a story for another day, another podcast episode. And I started to do more of this kind of graphic liner looks. And that's kind of what I became known for. So I would really, really recommend if you want to book commercial jobs do some commercial tests if you want to book editorial do some arty editorial tests because those brands those areas will not book you unless you can do it and as from a business perspective let's imagine right now you are one of the directors of Fenty Beauty okay and Fenty Beauty is releasing a brand new lip gloss okay imagine you're that person and you are putting together a shoot of amazing people because this piece is going to go on a billboard so the budget for this shoot is like 30 to 50k you know this is a very very normal budget for those kind of things and obviously as that director you want every or that producer you want every single person in that team to be a game because nothing can mess up nothing can jeopardize this shoot because you're spending so much money on it so of course you naturally hire the people who are at the top of the game because they are showing you know in their portfolios that they can do it that they're doing it that they're doing the damn thing and they can be relied upon they are never going to book the the bridal artist or the film artist who hasn't demonstrated that they can do that before because too much is on the line for this so i hope that gives some business insight into why perhaps you haven't been hired for that job if you are maybe a bridal or a special occasion glam kind of girl it's because you need to show them you can do it because so much money is on the line okay so we talked about what you maybe shouldn't be investing in which is your kit but what should you be investing in and i think this is something that makeup artists do not do. It is something that I see so much fear around. And it's one of my kind of points of contention, I think, when I teach or when I'm in the community, because we've all heard that business advice where you have to spend money to make money. And I do believe that to a certain extent. You don't have to spend millions, but you do need to reinvest in you and your business. If you are not growing, your business is not going to grow. So this took me many years to realize I used to be that very, very frugal makeup artist, you know, it comes from the fact that I don't spend any money on my kit probably, but I thought I can do everything myself. I can design the website myself. I can take some selfies and they can be my branding pictures. I can do pretty much everything myself because I was too, I was too 
tight. I was too frugal to spend and invest. And I know this is, this comes from a place of privilege because obviously to be able to invest in yourself and to be able to invest in your business comes from a place of having that spare income. So I really do understand this isn't possible for some people, especially in the current climate. But if you can, if you can spend money, try to reinvest it in yourself. Try and identify exactly what it is you need. If you're not very good at finances, that's okay. That is okay. And we need to release all the shame around that and accept, yeah, I'm perhaps not very good at finances. Let me take a course on that. Or perhaps you don't have a great portfolio and you want to take good, big strides in your business and get booked like next year. Your investment should be into your portfolio. I know some amazing makeup artists, Storm, for example, who runs some amazing portfolio days. So those are the kind of investments I definitely see always, always paying off. Obviously getting a mentor, oh my goodness. I would not have scaled as fast or as much as I have done without paying people to teach me how to do that because it's so hard to learn these things yourself. And that being said, if you're not in a financial position to do those things, there are so many ways that you can invest in yourself for very, very low cost. So if we rewind to like 2020, when I kind of had my big awakening in COVID, (laughs) I didn't have money. I'm going to be very open and say that year, I probably earned less than 400 pounds. Yes, I'm, I'm being completely honest. I did not work. I did not get much government funding. I was not in a profit in 2020. And I did not, if somebody was giving me this advice and being like, invest in yourself, you need to get a mentor, you need to get headshots. I would be like, how? When I live at home and I can't even afford to move out at this stage in my life. But there are ways that you can invest in yourself for free. It's just your investment needs to be a time investment in that case. So for me, I dived into as many free courses as I could. The biggest one being the Manifestation Babes course or her little free like 28 day challenge that she ran. I listened to podcasts religiously and I didn't just listen to them like, you know, in the in the back of the room. I got a notepad, I sat down and I wrote down everything that those podcasts were saying like I was in a bloody school. And this is what I mean. If you can't invest money to get there quicker, invest your time. That is still a incredibly valuable investment. But if you're not investing anything free, paid, whatever, you're not going to grow and your business is not going to grow. And the fact that you're listening to this podcast tells me that you're very interested in kind of self growth and, you know, business growth. So I'm very, very proud of you for kind of knowing about investing in yourself. So if you want a little bit of homework after this podcast, I would definitely go away and assess what you need in your business to get to your final goals. So as a real life example right now for me and my business, I know for me to actually get to the next level, for me to scale, I need to take on a full time employee. I'm not in a position right now where I can make that happen financially, but I know that's something I need to do. And I need to kind of work out how to do it. So kind of be a bit introvert or is that the word? I don't know if that's the word, but look in inwards at yourself and see what you need to get to that next level. And remember, Rome wasn't built in a day. We are not going to scale to be millionaires overnight. Sometimes we do. But, you know, if we're being realistic, things take time and we need to be also give ourselves grace for that. I feel like we want very, very quickly, me included. But we need to remember it's a sprint, not a, no, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Oh, I'm so bad with sayings. And I want to kind of go over something that I briefly mentioned there, which is time. 
Now for me, time is a far better investment than money. I turn down full day rates because that day is going to take me out of my business for eight plus hours. And eight plus hours of me working in my business is far more valuable. So I really want us to kind of change the mindset that if we're not booked, we're not worthy or we're not doing anything. Because actually the days that you're not booked, the days where you have time, that is your biggest currency. And I know we can't go to the shop and buy a week's worth of shopping with the currency of time. But let me give you this practical example. Let's take two makeup artists, okay? Makeup artist A is a fully booked makeup artist. She is out four or five days a week getting her full-time rate. She's earning the money. Now, I think we all want to be makeup artist A, but even if you are booked 365 days a year, which I really hope you're not because you will be the most burnt out person ever, but let's just say you are booked 365 days a year. There is a glass ceiling on your income. You can only charge that day rate or, you know, you can obviously charge an increased day rate, but your income is capped essentially when you work physically in your business. Now, let's take makeup artist B who may not be so booked. She has maybe less money, but she has more time. Now, makeup artist B has the luxury of scaling her business. She can do things like create passive income. She can implement systems that will make her work smarter, not harder. There are so many things that you can do with time that will then exponentially increase your income. It is the time in my business that has allowed me to create by Kaylee, that has allowed me to create a planner, that has allowed me to create courses, that has allowed me to create this podcast. Makeup artist A is not able to do those things because she is so physically in her business that she can't work on her business. So I really want us to change this mindset that we are not doing anything unless we are earning money. Because in the long run, let's fast forward five years, it is makeup artist B who has got the systems in place where she doesn't have to do so much admin. She has passive income, she has courses, she has digital product, and she has a business that is scaling Whereas makeup artist A doesn't have the time to scale. She doesn't have the time to build those systems, which means she is always going to stay on that glass ceiling of only being able to earn that much. Makeup artist B doesn't have a glass ceiling. And this is why even this last month, I have turned away probably 4K of work. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, I've probably said no to at least at least 3k of work between 3 and 4k. And obviously that that could scare me. That could sit on my mind a little bit. Like I'm not going to lie, that could definitely pay for my holiday to LA this September. But what I'm doing instead is I'm saying no to money and yes to time. And in this yes to time that I've got, I'm going to be creating the digital by Kaylee program. I'm going to be creating video content, podcast content, real content, things that are going to give me more than three or four K in the long run. And that's how I want you to think that we don't have to say yes to everything that comes along if our intention is to scale our business. 
And that brings me to my next tip, which is tip number four or five, I've kind of lost count, is to really be careful with what you say yes to. And I I briefly touched on this a bit earlier, but you know, there are still so many jobs that come across my emails, which have got the worst rates that I've ever seen, you know, less than minimum wage in some cases. And it can be really tempting if you've not had any clients that month to say yes to these jobs. And they are never, ever worth it. They are never, ever worth it. If you, here's some rules, some general rules for saying yes or no to jobs that are underpaid. You should only say yes, in my opinion, if that job is going to give you amazing portfolio work. Let's just say a hundred pound day rate, okay? That is grossly below minimum wage, to be honest. I would only say yes to that if that was like for Vogue, you know, if it was going to give me something I could essentially flex. If that is a job that is actually going to get me, you know, in the same circles as people that I need to be in the same circles as, or is going to give me something that I can flex or get more opportunities from by featuring that in my body of work. So that's kind of yes, number one. Yes, number two to agreeing to do an underpaid piece of work is if I actually want to do it. Now, you know, if something came along and it really just kind of excited my bones and my belly and it was a little bit underpaid, I would consider saying yes to it if it was going to creatively fulfill me. And it's very rare that I say yes to this kind of thing because honestly... If you want to be fulfilled creatively, I do believe you can do that in a free test shoot. Obviously, if something is underpaid and you take that job, you're essentially saying to the industry, yes, this is fine. Makeup artists can be underpaid. But sometimes there are passion projects. I've done these myself where I don't have the capability to pay full day rates and it's coming out of my own pocket and I'm literally going by the generosity of my friends. If that came along to me, you know, if it was for a charity or something, and I actually really just wanted to do that makeup, it would benefit my portfolio, it was beauty of some sort, then that's okay to say yes to. I think there is a lot of judgment about, you know, saying yes to underpaid work sometimes. You know, some makeup artists will put their hands on their hips and go, you should never ever agree to to say yes to work that's got a crap rate. But if it really does fill your spirit up, if it really does make you happy, and, you know, there is... A negotiation in place or it's a passion project and it's, it's ticking all those boxes, then I think you're well within your rights to say yes to it, you know. As long as no one else is being, you know, overpaid or paid properly on that set, if it is a passion project, yada, 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 you know the drill, guys. Things or times when you should say no is perhaps when it's a piece of work that you have no interest in. You're a beauty makeup artist and a bridal style shoot comes your way. You should probably say no. That is not going to benefit you. It's not going to benefit your portfolio in any way. You should say no if you are the only one not being paid. That is completely unacceptable. You should say no if you don't want to do it. <laughs> if you just don't want to do it. If it's a student project or something where you are just so overqualified and you really don't want to do it don't do it. Don't be swayed by money. Always make decisions based on your future wants and needs and not by money. And I know, again, we're speaking from a position of privilege here. Sometimes a girl has got to eat, but if you do have that flexibility where, you know, you don't need that £100 and you don't want to do the job and the team isn't great, say no, guys. No is an incredibly empowering word. And the final piece of advice that I want to leave you with, and it can be a little bit of a cliche one, but really stick with me on this. 
is to find a community or more specifically, put yourself in the room with the right people. Now, what I mean by this is, and I don't want this to be misconstrued into like, you know, find people you can network with who can give you exactly what you want, because that's, that's not authentic. And that's never going to go down how you think it will. What I mean by this is some of my best business experiences have come from being in a community of people. The first community I was in was the Manifestation Babe one, and that was just a little free Facebook group. But it was my taste of being in a group of women who were all striving for the same thing. All of these women were spiritual. They wanted more from life. They wanted more from themselves. And I thought, gosh, this is really, really inspiring. Many of my mentors on my journey have always told me, you know, you have to be in the room with the energy that you want to be around. One of my personal favorite quotes that I really, really, really believe in is if you hang around with six alcoholics, you are very, very likely to be the seventh alcoholic. But if you hang around with six millionaires, you are likely to be the seventh millionaire. And why is this? Because energy attracts and energy multiplies. If you are surrounding yourself, and believe me, I have friends who sometimes have had to kind of distance myself from a little bit because their energy is not the energy that I aspire to be or want to be around, or it's just not filling my cup, you know? And the difference that you'll notice when you're around people who you aspire to be like, who are doing better than you or wanting to be in the places that you want to be, their energy is so different. They are making different decisions. They move differently. They talk differently. They act differently and they operate a business and a life differently. And those are the people you need to be around. If you are aspiring for greatness, you need to surround yourself with great people. And if you're aspiring for, you know, business scaling, growth, empowerment, femininity, you know, financial freedom, those are the rooms that you need to be in so that you can breathe in their energy so that you can see where that takes you. Because honestly, I joined a really high level mastermind last summer, me and my partner did. And we, we showed up, we didn't, it was all virtual. It didn't need to be in person at all, but we showed up and we were really, really like, what is this going to be like? You know, a little bit skeptical to be honest, because I thought, you know, this is digital, it's through a screen. I ended up on that first day crying my eyes out. We did like, um, kind of visualization exercise. And I ended up crying my eyes out and feeling, just looking at all these faces of all these people who were sitting on a nine hour, (laughs) yes, it was intense, a nine hour digital event, growing together, being vulnerable together. Like the decisions, the problems that they had, the problems they were sharing were different. Where you want to be sometimes isn't where you're currently at and you need to kind of separate those energies. So If you are listening to this and you're feeling fired up and you are feeling like, yes, 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 that is where I want to be or what I want to be surrounded by, because trust me, they will make you make different decisions. You cannot be, as I said, you will be the seventh millionaire if you surround yourself with six because their energy will infiltrate every cell in your body, let me tell you. This isn't a cell for my my membership. I mean, I have a great membership called the Level Up Club full of the most amazing, sweetest women who are making level up decisions every single day. But this is such a personal one. And I think you should go on your own journey, you know, look at free communities. That's where I started and see what energies you align to. So for me, that is the um, Dean Graziosi. That's the mastermind that I'm part of. It's a very kind of high level mastermind. 
I'm literally on it with people who are making business decisions that explode my brain and I can't comprehend right now, but I'm going to be there because that's the energy I'm surrounding myself by. So those are my first business tips for a podcast by Kaylee. And I have so many kind of topics coming up that I'm going to deep dive more into. I'm definitely going to be deep diving more into portfolio and money and and all of these things. But I just wanted to give a few actionable tips that you can take away from our third podcast episode together. And next episode, I'm going to be doing my first interview, which I am so gassed about, so excited. Obviously, you can probably guess who I've got coming on. She is my friend and somebody who inspires me and has inspired me for years. I had the biggest kind of business and girl crush on her for so many years and um, we finally became friends last year. So she's going to be coming on and my aim with the interviews, I mean, this is probably aiming way too high, but there's no such thing as way too high, but I really want to do something different with the interviews. I don't just want it to be like, hey, what's your story? What advice can you give? What would you tell your younger self? I want them to go deeper and be more meaningful. Not that those conversations aren't meaningful, but I really want these to be an example to you guys of taking the pen. What these women and what these business owners have done when they took the pen and decided that their destiny was theirs to write and not pre-written for them by somebody else. So that's kind of what I really want. I want you guys to feel their energy and know that it is 1000% possible for you because I'm going to be interviewing the people who have done it and are doing it. So I'm going to leave you there. I'm going to let you wonder who it's going to be, but it will be out next week. And I just really wanted to say a big thank you to everybody who's listened and given me such good feedback. And honestly, I'm just so pleased to be doing this. I'm really enjoying this journey. It makes me beyond happy. And I'm very, very excited to see where this podcast goes and what you think of it and just what we create together. So a big thank you to all your lovely reviews and the feedback that you're giving me. Keep it coming, guys, because from that feedback, I honestly am able to kind of shape the community and learn what you need from it. You have been listening to a podcast by Kaylee. Thank you so much for tuning in today and being on this mission with me to self-improvement and taking steps towards financial empowerment. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to follow me on the gram at Designs, where I post pretty much daily. I would also love to hear your thoughts, feedback and energy. So please do leave me a review on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you are listening today. In the meantime, I want you to go forward, believe in yourselves and be the change you want to see. Bye, guys. And that was siren number seven.